Now is your time to flinch. Welcome everybody to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, B. Jones, and today I am joined by our beloved intern, T.I. Jay Davis, what's happening? What's going on, man? How you living? Ah, uh, man, there's so many ways I can answer that. Living nobly. Okay, that's, that's a nice one. In living out. color. How far? How far? How far? How far? How far? Never mind. Pass. Be fresh. <laughs> What's going on with you, baby? Um, let's see. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and are always glad you came. Fresh is back. We here. We talk about anybody know that song? Come on. Come on. Cheers. You know, cheers. Come on, man. I got there you. All right. All right. I'm with you this week. Jay Day said no. He had no clue. didn't know yet again, ladies and gentlemen. No clue. But yes, was... we are here. Be free. Be frizzle. It's in the building. Let's go. Let's get it. Did I not say cheers? Did I not say cheers? Yeah, you said it. You did. I got okay. you. I saw that. Thanks. Coach K, what's going on, my brother? Hey, man. You know, I'm just happy to be outside of the box. You guys let me out last week and. I don't know if you guys thought you'd be able to put me back in the box. So I'm out. So uh, unfortunately, our guest today is going to witness. It's about to go. All that I have to offer. Down. Hey, man, before we get to the guest and about what you all have, what all you have to offer, can you uh, can we get a, sh- a shot of that shirt, man? Carol's T-shirt game is on like 1,000. Oh, like, he comes with something. Can you explain that? Run it down for me like you did earlier. Yeah, man. So this joint is by a company called Minority. That's M-I-N-O-R-I-T-E-E-S. Um, and they have all types of minority theme type T-shirts. Um, the little guy with the Afro, that's their logo. Um, so they got some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, check them out. It's minoritytees.com. Uh, this one in particular is a record for those of you that remember the LP. Um, and it's got the logo in the middle. You see the lady in the background. She's a constant theme through it. Pretty cool. Minorities, we do take sponsorship. Out. Go ahead and uh, Yeah, we do take sponsorship. Call us out. <laughs> gave you some free shout outs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for those people that don't know, I was, I, I was the original everything, I think, because I'm the oldest one in the crew. But I was the original grill man. I was the original DJ, all that stuff. And then I just delegated our responsibility. And then better people came along. we're gonna leave that there man getting to our special guest so yes today's show we're gonna be all about financial planning and of course being that this is the 13th floor we didn't want to just get you a regular schmegular financial planner to get over here and you know run stuff down we had we had to get you a great person great person we had to go get the first african-american woman to earn a medal in both summer and winter olympic games first female period track into the financial planning field and yes of course she is from the U. It's a pleasure to introduce our financial coach Lauren Williams. How you doing today? Life is all right today. How are y'all? Like y'all seem to be really really good. Oh, this is like a highlight of our week, man. You know, we get away from the wives for a little bit. You know, we get to have the guys talk. And then sprinkle a little bit of educational stuff in there. You know, help the people. There you go. You done messed it up. You done already messed it up. I'm like, why did you bring her into the band game? That was not what this was about. (laughs) (laughs) Now you messed it up. We're going to see who's significant other is really listening right now. Exactly. (laughs) It only takes takes one, and then they're going to call the others. Mm. <laughs> we can set up that Sunday dinner like we was talking about last night. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. anyway, welcome to the show, everybody, man. We got some housekeeping stuff that we want to get into first and foremost. Hold on, man. I got beef. I already got beef with Lauren. She don't even know it. What oh. did I do? I got beef with Lauren already. So, you know, I do my research. And like I said, I kind of know you, but don't really know you. And I found out you have Trini Descent. And that's something that we have in common. And I never knew that about you before. So shame on you. And I let it go from there. Mm. I'm not sorry. I am not. <laughs> How is that her fault? <laughs> you know what I mean? What did I do? I could have told you some good spots to go to in Miami, all types of stuff. You know what? I could have even brought you food because that's what that's where my family's from. So I could have brought you food. Yes. I was never going to turn away the roadie, boy. Like, 
I mean, you can send some to Texas right now. <laughs> Is that where you are now, Texas? Yes, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Okay. okay. All right. Cool. Easy. Right. I got one more thing. So when we was doing our research and we looked up, you know, your Olympic medals and everything, I want to know, and might be, who's not on the call, typically he is on, he's our elder, um, but he has some questions as well about the bobsledding. So how did you end up getting into the bobsledding? Yes. So what had happened was I ran into this girl in the airport. Reading is fundamental, people. The more you read, the more you know. I'm going to put that out there right now. I read an article about her having tried bobsled. Uh, asked her about, like, how'd you find bobsled? And we just randomly were in the airport together and she told me all about it. And I said, I'm going to try that. And she's like, you should try that. The Olympics are in six months. And I was like, okay. In six um, months. Yeah. And so I didn't have any Olympic attention. I was like, I was looking for something to do life after sport because I knew this was my last <laughs> season of track and field and I had to go be a grown up. Right. And this might be something fun to do like post sport. But yeah, six months later, I was at the Olympics. So one of the specific questions he had, being that, you know, you from South Florida is, where did you train at? How did you train for this? <laughs> yeah, so basically, bobsled training is similar to track and field training for most of the year That's until ice opens. It, ice opens in October, um, and the season goes through usually like the end of February, maybe a little bit early March. Um, but all the rest of the time, you're doing stuff similar to track, and it's a lot of power and a lot of speed. So. Easy. Both of which you are very, very good at, so we'll take that. Well, yeah. Uh, now getting to this uh, this housekeeping stuff. So are you, um, <coughs> we talked about it last week a, a lot of it. Um, you familiar with Ray Lewis and uh, the NFL protests, you know, they got out there, he got down on two knees or whatever. Um, you know, we talked about it last week and, you know, I was of the thought that, you know, you still can't trust him. Like I had major side eye for him. Today <laughs> was like, oh, you know, he could have, you know, hopped up. Hopped across the side uh, on the right side of the fence or whatever. He might have turned a new leaf or whatever. But Fresh was right on point with his comments about we don't know what he was doing when he got down there. He gets on TV and a couple of days uh, later after you know Shannon Sharp called him out and everything. He talked about how you know he got down on two knees to pray, not in protest. Uh, you know, I guess in some sort of solidarity with his team, but to pray for the state of confusion that the, that America is in with all of this. And then he goes as far to make the statement that if we're going to do anything, it should be one of two things. You either stand for the national anthem or you pray during the national anthem. So before I get these guys take on it, if you're familiar with the situation, oh yeah, I'm loving it. Look like she got a lot to say. No comment. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what that man was doing. Like, oh no, he said what he was doing. He, he said he was praying. He definitely said he was praying. He definitely let it be known. You know what I mean? And then he said, if you're gonna do anything during the national anthem, you stand up or you can pray. And what do y'all feel like he should be doing? I think he need to sit down and like not be involved. Yeah, I don't think I don't that think he needed to have. Shouldn't have been out there. Period. On the after you take a stance of saying that you thought it was so wrong and were so against it to come out there to do anything that regards you bending your knees at all, even if it was to tie your shoelace, you look mm -hmm. extremely hypocritical. And then you look even crazier when you go down on two knees and then try to tell everybody that, no, I wasn't doing that. If I'm if I'm in a situation where there's danger and I'm dressed in a cop uniform and somebody comes up to me and asks me for help like I'm a cop, I can't be, no, I wasn't trying to be a cop. I was just dressing up. It doesn't work that way. Like you need to be able to claim something. Like it just it came off right. so weird and so. You think he was doing it to draw attention to himself, though? Like was it a, Ray, a plot from the very beginning? To I think he was being himself. I think I don't even think he thought it through of what yeah. he was doing. But I still think it it's extremely crazy <laughs> to come off one week. Tell me, hey. I don't think that they should, they're disrespectful, they're horrible, and then the next week I see you out there. Especially on first glance, you just look out of it. But, but then, but then not only that, like, <laughs> clearly that was his intention, right? Because you don't have anything going on with the team right now. You flew to London because that was game was in London. Yeah, that wasn't um, a Baltimore game. Yeah, so true. it's not like you just happened to be there. You said, oh, let me do this. Right, so you actually had clear intentions of what you were doing, and Ray, look, we not, we all came family. There's no six degrees of separation between us. You used to borrow soap from me, so it's not like you don't know people that know me. 
you come talk to me, bruh. Look, I, I got advice for you. I can save your whole image right now. Go get your CAT scan and tell them it's the CTE. It is mm. the session, and that's why you've been acting this way. And I guarantee you, everybody will have sent it before you. We will reclaim you. I saw they tried to cherry you away for Michael Rappaport. I don't want Michael Rappaport um, on behalf of the, the black people. So I want to keep you, Ray. So look, I can save your image. Just send me, shoot me a little fee. We'll take care of it. Easy, easy. Anybody, final words? Final words? Nope, that's it. Definitely, definitely. Well, now we're gonna get into this financial planning. Um your your area of expertise. So first off, how did you uh get into financial planning, Lauren? Like what drove you there? All right, long story short, um I like math, I like money. Got to the University of Miami, there was no financial planning as a major. Didn't know that was a thing. Didn't come from a family where um, I would have known that was a thing. So I picked finance because I heard that was about math and money. And so a little seed was planted then. Uh, then three years after being at the University of Miami, I became a professional athlete. Never did I know that that was in store for, for my life. But wanting to be responsible, I was making over $200,000 a year as a 20 year old. I went out and I was looking for somebody to help me with my money, you know, so the way it works in our community, a friend of a friend of a family said, oh, you need to talk to this guy. And I spoke to him. Uh, he got me some insurance. He got me a IRA and he got me a brokerage account. And that was it. And none of those things in and of themselves are bad. But when you come from a community where you don't have any financial literacy, if you don't have the basic foundation in place, then you're not set up for success. Uh, fast forward to 2007, so that's 2004, fast forward to 2007, uh, he called and he said, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I like to call my clients directly when we lose money, and I said, okay, and he said, so I just wanted to let you know we lost some money, and, you know, I'd like to call you directly, all right, have a good day, didn't say how much money we lost, <laughs> didn't say why we lost any money, any, no, no explanation whatsoever. So I got my statement in the mail. I had lost $80,000. Thanks yeah. for the call. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the call. So you figure you make an expensive enough mistake and learning becomes a priority. Right. Uh, that's when I started to educate myself and really get interested in this. I did hire another guy uh, that went equally as bad. Actually, it probably went worse because that guy, like I said, didn't lose all my money with the market, da, 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 so on and so forth. This guy just didn't do anything. Um, and in fact, the financial planning firm that he was with, or financial advisory firm, I like to say, uh, ended up being part of that casino scandal. You know, where all the football players go play money. Uh, yeah, oh, everybody know about that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't lose all my money in that because I wasn't rich enough to be invested in the casino. So uh -huh. <laughs> didn't put my money over there, but uh, another bad job done. And I was like, enough of this. In the meantime, I'm asking, you know, friends, I'm asking uh, other athletes, what are you, what are you do, doing with your money? What, what's the strategy? What is the SEP IRA that I'm in? What is a brokerage account? You know, what is, what, oh, how do you guys have your stuff invested? And nobody could answer the questions. And so I realized they either had people just like my guy who didn't tell you anything or they didn't have anyone. And, you know, there's this kind of taboo around money where nobody wants to talk about it. You start asking them questions, everybody starts fidgeting in their seat, they walk out the room, they ain't hungry no more. And you're like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was just like, enough is enough. And I started looking into the certified financial planning, uh, actually via Google search, because I wasn't in the industry. I was still running track at the time. I enrolled in the coursework blindly. Uh, I was moving from Miami to Texas and I found this website it was called NAPFA and that's for fee-only financial advisors, which you know, you guys want to talk about that? We can we can get into the differences of the different kinds of advisors. Uh, and I walked in their office and said, I want to work here. And they're like, but we're not hiring. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing this thing called certified financial planning. And I see there's a, a lot of certified financial planners here. And I want to learn from you because the stuff that's been going on in my life, like, it's not been okay. And it seems like the best route to go. Uh, so they hired me. It was a, a, a firm with great integrity, great culture taught me everything I need to know, got me passionate about this industry. And I said, I'm gonna do this for my peers. I'm gonna do this for people that look like me, for athletes, for young people, young professionals, for brown people. Um, I wanna serve us the best way I can. So 
uh, here we are five years later. My firm is a year and a half old, and I'm running a financial planning company. Awesome, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you, you mentioned the differences in financial planning. So can you break that down for us? Because I'm not, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so we have a lot of like the, the biggest thing that we bump into in this industry or, you know, as people, why we're why we're suspicious of even letting anyone help us with our money is because there's so many different options available. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are people that call themselves like everybody on this call can call themselves a financial advisor, financial coach, uh, wealth manager. You can say like there's no patent. There's no requirement. There's no legal anything. You can just wake up in the morning and say, that's what I am. Um, there's a certification called certified financial planning. <laughs> Um, there are, and and that's kind of like what like if you were going to be a doctor, that's the the closest you can get in this industry is the equivalent of you know being a, a licensed you know physician. Like you are a CFP, but then there's all these other licenses. So Series Seven is the one we hear about a lot, and that is about seventy percent of the industry. Well, those people make a commission to sell products, uh, and they do provide investment advice. Uh, usually, someone in the back office, but generally, it's like any. You, you take this test, you study for it, it's a hard test, and then you go out and you, you, you're trained really more so to sell. And so if you gotta feed your family by selling me this product, are you really gonna make sure that's the best product for me? Right. There's a conflict of interest built in when you're selling products. Uh, that conflict of interest also exists when you're working with insurance people. Uh, and so insurance people are another set of people that would say, I'm a financial planner, I'm a financial advisor. They, they hold themselves out as that but really they're only licensed and they're only educated in the area of insurance. And frequently they're not educated and they're, like you said, they passed one test and they have been taught to sell. And so they go out, they sell, they don't know what product they're selling you, but they know they get a commission if they sell you that product and they, they're told what to sell you. So that's where it gets a little bit like, oh my goodness. So you have commission-based planning, you have fee-based planning, and then you have um, fee-only planning. And you fall into the fee-only or? Fee only, exactly. So I just charge you a flat rate for whatever the project is that we're working on. You can understand where my fee is coming from. It's, it's explained clearly. There's no fine print. There's no underlying trailing commissions, anything like that. Whereas fee based is we're going to charge you a fee, but then there are some commissions based on the kind of product that we're giving you. Okay. And then commission is a straight up, I'm a salesman slinging whatever my company tells me to, to sling to you. Um, and like I said, not all those people are not bad. There's just an inherent conflict of interest. And there are a lot of people who just get the bare minimum education and then they're really good salespeople. And that's what has done a lot of destruction to the industry. Okay. Okay, good. I mean, that's really good information. No, uh, Carol, you were like, you were about to jump in, man. I mean, you no, man, that, that was a lot, man. That was just like, we, that was like right there. We just gave out like all this great information. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, 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 however, um, it's interesting that she said that you could wake up tomorrow and just decide, mm, I'm, I'm a financial planner. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the same way that you could wake up tomorrow and decide, I'm a motivational speaker. Right, exactly. And there's actually a certification for that. There's, you can wake up tomorrow and say, I'm a life coach. There's no, there's nothing that you have to do. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting to hear that, you know, here's an industry that we know is vital that more often than not, people should probably get involved with, find somebody that's in it. But just to know that, man, you can just be so led astray mm -hmm. and talk to somebody that has no idea what you should be doing with your money. And there's nothing that you can really do about it once it's gone. Exactly. I mean, the main thing we need to be educated about is what questions to ask because so that salesman is going to come at you with the sales pitch and they're going to give it to you so smooth. You're going to be like, well, I guess they covered all the bases. You're not even going to, if you don't know what you don't know, then like, oh, this sounds good. What they told me sounds good. But what, you know, what did they not tell you is the problem. So knowing what kind of questions to ask about, you know, what kind of education do you have? What kind of services are you going to provide to me? You know, how do you collect your fee? Am I going to be able to see it? Because like in that commission world, you're not going to see the fees. <laughs> like, you're just gonna be getting a statement in the in the mail, yeah, and straight off the top. yeah, there's a lot that, that goes on behind the scenes, and you don't see the fees. So, um, being educated about the right questions to ask is is very very important. Okay, I want to jump to another important uh, aspect of financial planning, man. Something that uh, a lot of black families kind of make a mistake of, and that's called, that's budgeting. 
you know, I was reading that it's probably the single greatest mistake that we fall into is not properly budgeting our money. So what I want to ask you is how can we work on creating a sustainable or workable budget? Like how important is that? It is very important. And so like I said, the, the reason I've created my firm and like I left the firm that like I said it was really good is like they wanted to work with big, wealthy individuals. I went to another firm that was working with, you know, people more similar to us, but it still was focused on this, this idea, this comprehensive planning, but leaving out that budgeting piece. And so it's kind of like fundamentals is the six pillars of financial planning. There's the fundamentals, there's insurance, there's tax, there's investing, retirement, and estate planning. Um, and so when you're looking at your whole financial picture, you should be looking at all those different things. But fundamentals is where it all starts. And a lot of people like to skip over fundamentals. They're like, do you have enough money to invest? Because that's how I get paid. Uh, and if you do, then, you know, we'll start there and then we'll kind of work on those other things. Whereas my approach is we're going to start with the fundamentals and then we're going to build into the rest. We're not going to invest until it's time to invest. You're not coming to me just to make money off the market. That's not how I work. So yes. um, somebody for a thousand years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so getting your budget right is the most important thing you can do, because if you're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, how, how are we ever going to gain wealth? And so what I like to do with clients is I use an app called You Need a Budget. That is literally the name of the app. Um, it is $50 for the whole year. It is not a huge investment on your part. So whether you, like you said, 100 air, 1,000 air, you, can, you should probably be able to afford it. If you're in college, it's free. Um, oh, I can be in college again. Right now. <laughs> right now. But what it does is it brings in all your transactions. Everybody's swiping their card all the time and, and mm -hmm. you know, you're 30% more likely to spend or you're spending 30% more when you're swiping a credit card, a debit card, whatever, because you're not feeling it. This brings the feeling back into it because everything is automated. And it's so similar to like a mint.com where you tie your credit yeah, card to I'm it. I'm gonna ask you how, you, how do you feel about that, uh, that software? Mint is the competitor to, to You Need a Budget. The reason I like You Need a Budget a little bit more is, you know, because Mint is free, they have a lot of advertisements on it. And what Mint does is at the end of the, like they basically tell you, hey, you've gone over budget instead of telling you how to budget down to zero. So You Need a Budget actually says, okay, we got $300 we're working with. All right, $30 to food, $30 to this, you know, and you see the number going down. So they give you a template, you were just saying, kind of like a guideline? Exactly. You'll, you'll see your actual money there. Like when, it, when you link your account, you'll say, like, it'll put your bank account money at the top and you'll say, you, you'll start to go down it and it'll subtract like, okay, I got to pay rent this month. It'll, it'll be doing all the math for you, basically. Hold on now. You I want your money a job all the time. I want to go back and highlight the stat, though. Yeah, right. Back to what you just said. Because the stat that she just dropped on us, right? So one of the little charms for the jewelry, she said, if you are swiping a debit card or a credit card, you are more than likely spending 30% more than somebody spending cash. Is that how that works, Lauren? Yes. Wow. Wow. I mean, hmm. but you know, in the, in the same vein, when you go and you take a couple hundred dollars in cash out the the bank, you know, you, you often find yourself saying, what did I spend this on? Because you have right. no way to track it. I did. Um, this past weekend, taking my daughter bowling. I took like, I don't know, I think about a hundred dollars out the bank and went bowling. I'm like, I didn't come here. I came here with a little bit more money than I'm leaving with, man. Where did this all go? <laughs> you know? So yes, that definitely, definitely happens. Jay, you said it was a point you wanted to go back to? Something she said, um, she said, uh, you need to be giving your money a job all the time. Like what, like, what do you mean by that exactly? Can you elaborate this? Yes. Um, so basically every dollar you earn needs to have a job. You don't just get your paycheck and say, okay, let me pay these bills. Let me do this. Let me, you know, like you give everything which you want. And so one of my main recommendations is pay yourself first. No one should be more important to you than you do. And so we don't ever build wealth because we're not thinking long-term. Put your money the same way your, like your, your rent or whatever it is that you've automated already that automatically gets paid every month, automatically put some money aside for yourself. And if you're not automating everything, make sure you say, okay, here's my paycheck. 10% of this paycheck is mine. I'm putting that in savings. It's out. I'm not seeing it. I'm not looking at it. And then start working with your bills, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, but paying yourself all the way down to, paying all the way down to zero and giving yourself, a, giving every dollar a job. So you make $2,000, for example. You give every single one of those. Like You don't say, I spent $1,800 on this and I got $200 left over. 
like you need to say what you're doing with that 200 that's left over is that 200 left over for entertainment is it for food is it for every single dollar that you earn you say this is where it is this is where it's going it doesn't have money just sitting in your bank account random so that's where we get into trouble as well and then we just start spending kind of randomly when discretionary spending just kind of goes right so i got a few extra like dollars but, um, and yourself um, that actually brings me to the topic about, about creating savings which is what you said so you know my question is how do how does somebody who is kind of paycheck to paycheck go about making sure that they are paying themselves to help with their retirement savings or their rainy day fund or even emergency funds how do you kind of coach people if you're already trying to make stuff stretch then like like if you don't have enough as it is then it shouldn't be a problem to pay yourself first and that kind of doesn't make sense to people sometimes but like if you if you already have all this stuff going on already juggling so many balls like you find time to buy a candy bar you just don't realize it if the struggle is already so real then you might like the same way you feel like, oh, I gotta pay this bill. It's like, oh, I gotta pay myself because you're gonna make the rest work however you make it work anyway, right? Exactly. Like, Very true. Like if you get to the end of the month and something can't get paid and you shrugging your shoulders, like that, that's how you're living. Right? Like the first thing you need to do is get the mindset of I'm the most important thing. I'm gonna pay myself for it. I'm putting something aside for myself. Um, and by doing that, you're already creating the behavior to start fixing up the rest of your finances and to get yourself out of that. Then you're gonna start being more aware of all of these other things. Like, oh, now I put something aside and I, I can't buy the candy bar, I can't do this, and I can't pay whatever bill it is. It's gonna make you more aware so that you go back and say, all right, I can't I can't keep doing this. I can't get the whatever, da da da. So-and-so can't have this. She don't need a new pair of shoes. Um, we do a lot of keeping up with the Joneses that make us feel like, you know, we have to live paycheck to take paycheck and we can't make this money stretch any further. Um, but usually when we look at it, we see the things that we value by said, looking transaction to transaction on what we could have done and where we are wasting. Got it, man. I love it. And you know what I just got out of that? Brett, you're fired. DJ, uh, <laughs> Brian Jones, you're not on here, but you're fired too. Because both of y'all got last name Jones and I got to keep up with both of y'all every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of y'all got to go. Hey. Hey, man. So uh, I also want to get into this debt management thing. Um, you know, debt, part of almost everyone's life, you know, until you get to that, you know, millionaire status, I guess. But um, I often talk to friends and, you know, tell them that there's a difference between debt. You know, you can have good debt and you can have bad debt. So I want to know, can you, uh, you know, outline that a little bit for us? Yeah. So this is a, a popularly controversial one, the good debt versus the bad debt. Um, Y'all know Dave Ramsey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't my best friend, but <laughs> Dave Ramsey's a, a big proponent of like no debt, no debt, no debt. Um, but at the same time, like yeah, if that's not a realistic thing for you, then what do you do? So is there good good debt versus bad debt? There's definitely bad debt. Credit card debt, bad debt. Uh, don't buy stuff that you can't afford. And people are like, oh, but my points and oh, I gotta get the, like. If you can't pay that bill every month, you don't need a credit card. Mm -mm. Uh, but from a good debt standpoint, you're usually talking about things like your home and your mortgage and assets that people believe are going to appreciate. Uh, and I, I do believe that there is, you know, good debt in the sense of keeping money available for yourself um, and maybe possibly investing that money in the market. So, for example, you get a really low mortgage rate. Um, and you're able to take the money that you're, you know, saving on a monthly basis and putting that into the market instead of paying your house off, paying your, your house debt down. Um, so that would be an example of good debt, but it doesn't always work like that. Every house is not an asset. Um, most houses are not an asset. Um, you never know what's going to happen. It is it's just like the market, like sitting, go up and go down. You know about the housing prices that uh, happened recently. So you, you need to be careful with the idea of good debt versus, versus bad debt uh, and where you're putting your money and, and what you're doing with the money that you have free if you're going to take on debt. Uh, the first thing you need to be thinking about anytime you take on debt is how am I going to pay this debt off? And that's one of the disservices we're doing with the student loan crisis is we're giving away money. Here it is. Here it is. Everybody go to school. Here you go. Here you go. But at 17, 18 years old, do you even understand that? No. 
uh, and most of our parents don't understand debt. So nobody realizes they have to pay this money back. And the number of people that come to me and feel like, like, okay, you gonna help me get rid of this? Like, how, how, how can I make it go away? And it's like, you borrowed this, you owe them this money. Like, right. you got the education that goes with this. Right, so, right. So, yeah, we, <laughs> hold on. So I, I want to go back to something that you said, because I, I, you know, I want the listeners to be clear. We also want them to go uh, seek you out. So what is the best way? We're going to ask this question later, but I want to drop it now. What is the best way for people that want financial information to get in contact with you or be able to touch base with you? Worth-winning.com. And you can just hit me up straight, you know, directly via email, lauren at worth-winning.com. Okay, good. All right, so now that we got that. So my question was, you said something about um, getting a mortgage, getting a a low interest rate and then taking the money that you save. So the money that you save, what money are you talking about exactly that you save because you've gotten that low interest rate on your mortgage? Got it. So for example, let's say you buy a $300,000 home. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of putting $300,000 cash into your home and you know maybe having $0, let's, let's pretend you got $500,000. Let's keep the numbers nice and round. So now you got $200,000 left over to work with. What you could do is just put 20% down on your $300,000 home for, um, what is that, 60K. And then you'd have this other money left over. Now you have what, 440? Don't judge me. It's late at night. You, know, man, you love math. Right. You love math. It's a go planner. Those are still working. So yeah, having 200 left to, you know, for your life or 440 left for your life, you know, what can you do? So you can take that money, the, the 440 and put it in the, in the market, in the stock market and that money has the opportunity to grow versus, and you'd be paying your mortgage on a monthly basis. Um, maybe like I said, at a, at a lower rate than what you're earning at. Right. So that's a good and, example. Right. Yeah. And I like that example because what we have a tendency to do we tend to live to the limit of our income, right? To the full range of our income, like every dime is accounted for. We never think about, okay, just because I bring in 500 grand a year, doesn't mean I need to spend 500 grand in a year, right? And I think that's a part that, look, even even myself, I'm guilty of, you know, I have to go back and remind myself or I get reminded, you know, by my wife that, hey, you know, you ever think about saving and in my head, it's like, yeah, I do, but I got this bigger plan that's gonna recoup that money. And sometimes those plans don't pan out. And I think a lot of people get caught into that. So I like what you said about no matter what, pay yourself first, because if you have that mentality then you don't have to worry about the other stuff that doesn't pan out because you still have something at least going to the side. Yes, exactly. And so that ideally you'd be able to pay yourself first and then go do your other entrepreneurial efforts, other investment efforts, other things that you want to do that you should have play money to, you know, do, do these other things with, but you pay yourself first. Like you said, so stuff hit the fan, life is still all right. And I do want to say too, that this doesn't apply to everything. So one question that people come to me frequently with is um, this idea of taking out student loan money, putting that money in the market, trying to earn more money on that. And then thinking that they're going to make, uh, you know, they're going to make out like a fat rat by having borrowed this money from the student loan company. And so that's something that's getting popular. And that's something that I definitely recommend that you avoid. You should not be using your student loan money or the money that you're going to use to pay your student loans. Um, so, so some people are like saying, oh, I'm not going to pay the loan. I'm going to just go put all the money in the market. I'm going to make way more money in the market and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to just pay the loan off sort of deal. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So that just sounds crazy. Wow. It's like I'm, so I, might I'm one of the Right. Yeah. You might as well play the lotto. Because uh, I used Thank to I, if I had saved the refund check and like invested that, then yeah, I would have had like interest money. But to just take out a, a like a fifteen thousand dollar loan, ten thousand, whatever amount of money loan just to have, like that's almost like a, it's almost like tax fraud, like uh, the income tax. Uh, like why? Like I don't understand why anybody would give themselves into that hole. Yeah. It's getting popular and it's very dangerous. And and the people that are like, I feel like being preyed upon almost are people that like, oh, I'm a businessman. Oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to get the hook up. But you don't know anything about investing. So you're like, I'm, I'm going to do this because somebody told me about it. And then you go out there and you lose it all because you don't, you don't have any um, investment education at all. 
So yeah, just be wary of people that start talking that to you or think that's a good idea. And in general too, you know, loans go based on like the year. So right now people's loans are around six to eight percent. It's like, where are you gonna go? And you, you gotta make at least eight percent to be breaking even on, on the interest you're paying on the loan sort of thing. Wow, exactly. That means you need to be in a pretty risky investment. You know, in order to get higher returns, you're gonna take on more risk. So there's a higher risk that you're gonna lose your money as well. Right. Uh, but yeah, don't let your friend talk you into that foolish thing. So going back to the credit cards and also with the student loans, um, I want to ask before we start kind of wrapping this thing up, what is the best way to manage the credit cards? And in the same breath, like how do you or how would you best uh, advise the student with the student loans, the best way to manage those as well? Because you can get credit cards and, you know, people will tell you, get a, a little one at first to start with, you know, a thousand dollar limit and just utilize that. But then you have all of these other offers. Hey, you got a ten thousand dollar limit, you get points or whatever. And then you find yourself 90% or using 90% of the credit card when in actuality, you probably want to stay close to like that 30 to 50% range. So how can you best manage those two, uh, I guess, that situations? Yeah, for sure. I think the from a credit standpoint, avoid multiple credit cards. I don't think that you need 10, 12, 13, you need a credit card. You know, if you're a business owner, maybe you need a personal and a business card. Uh, the other thing is you want to keep those balances low. Uh, if you can't pay the bill every month, don't start using the credit card in the first place. A credit card is not a bailout. A, a credit card is not your emergency fund. Um, it is a way to build credit. It's not the only way to build credit, which is another thing. That's a whole nother show we could get into. But um, it, it's fine if, if you want to use it for that purpose, but put your gas on your credit card, pay your, your credit card off at the end of the month. Keep your balance, like you said, low, actually somewhere like 20% and under. Um, if you can keep it under 10%, you know, full, then that's that's more ideal. Uh, if you can pay the balance before the, the, the actual due date, um, because there's actual reporting on the credit on the, from the from the credit agencies, that's another idea. So not just when it says you get your statement in the mail and it says pay by this. Uh, if you can close it out before the end of the month, before the credit card report, the reporting agency report, then that looks a little bit better on your um, credit because that makes your balance look lower. Um, so we were talking about like percentage of uh, the amount that's being used. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so avoiding credit cards as much as possible is step number one. If you're going to have a credit card, have a credit card. And then, what was the second part of the question? Student loan management. How do you manage those uh, student loans? Student loans. Uh, get out of forbearance. Get out of deferment. We are hurting ourselves by pretending like our student loans don't exist. Uh, those are options if you are in a severe hardship. If you really believe you cannot pay your student loans because you don't have enough income, when you go to recertify those loans, like you can be on an income-based repayment plan and your payment be zero. So you're actually in repayment, but your payment is zero and it's counting toward your overall, uh, the overall term of your loan. If you're in forbearance or deferment, you're not doing anything. Like you're just, the loans are just sitting there. And then interest is building up, like, get on a payment plan there's no reason that everybody shouldn't be on a payment plan because like i said if you're truly broke your payment will be zero anyway if they tell you that your payment is not zero that means you're not truly broke which means you need to get your budget together all right so that's step wow. number one wow. <laughs> yeah. no, i'm glad i'm really glad you said that especially about the forbearance um versus the income-based payment plans because uh a lot of us come out of college without that information and all you hear is deferment forbearance and you just like to forget. You just run away from it. You know, act like it doesn't exist. Then when you're three, four years removed and you're actually working and you get hit with this $1,000 a month bill and you don't have any more forbearance, you don't have any more deferment. And that, 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 that uh, IBR, income-based payment plan, they want that whole whole thousand dollars. So. Right. So so let's, let's do this, right? Because we keep going back to college, but there are grown people right now that are doing and making bad decisions, right? So we have people that were in hurricane impacted areas that may not have sustained any damage or anything. And what was going around was, oh, you're in the hurricane impact zone. Uh, call up all your all your creditors and people and let them know that you're in a hurricane impact zone. And they will uh, 
they'll they'll defer your payment. I don't think defer was the right word. There was something that sounded a little bit more. What was it? What they're the putting word? it on. Um, it, it is actually deferred. They're, they're, but what they're going to do most likely, uh, and they will advise you this, but a lot of people are not paying any attention to it, is tack it onto the back of your loan. Tack it onto the back of your loan, right? So yes. you're doing the same thing where it's not that that payment just goes away. You never got to make it. That money's still there. Again, collecting interest overall. So you're not coming out better. But some people were looking at it as a temporary windfall. Like, oh, I just got some extra money. And you know, that money. That money the other still- thing is that, yeah, not all of them are doing that either. Like I said, they, they will tell you, like, oh, I'm not really sure we're doing. This is what we're going to do. And you've been hearing most frequently is this packet onto the back of the loan. But some of the companies will tell you flat out, you get two months or three months, you don't have to pay. We're not going to, like I said, call the credit reporting agency. But in those three months that you don't pay, that is going to be due in full after those three months are up. So you skip three payments, you're going to owe all three payments at one time. Congratulations. Exactly. And so frequently, like you said, we get bad information and then we jack ourselves up. If you used to pay your bills, you got your paycheck like normal, mm. pay your mortgage. Pay your bill. Pay your bill. Right. bills. At the end of the you day. got the roof over your head, right? You should be grateful for that. Like, Easy. Well, Lauren, we definitely appreciate all the wisdom that you just dropped on us with the financial planning and such. Again, can you drop those lines for people who want to know more or want to inquire about your services? Where can they get in contact with you again? Sure. Uh, if you're on Twitter, worth underscore winning. Um, if we are going to the internet, worth-winning.com. Uh, my direct email is lauren at worth-winning.com. Hey, that is awesome. Um, and Lauren, look, we know that we could probably have a series, right? Like when Brett originally created, um, you know, our our pretty much our agenda, what, what our program was going to be today. It was so much more that we were just like, bro, that's going to be like a two hour show. You know, we got to cut that down. So look, we would love to book you again in the future. Uh, we actually got some other projects that we might, you know, reach out to you, try to get you involved in. But um, man, here on the 13th floor, you just never know who's going to be on here. I mean, here we, have, here we have, you know, somebody that will go down in history um, and she's here on the 13th floor. We definitely appreciate you, as Brett said. Um, by the way, so we talked about all your financial stuff, and we're definitely going to pump people your way. But uh, is your t- is that TV Olympic? I don't know the name of it. I caught it one day. I saw you um, on there with the Winter Olympic hopefuls. Um, is that still going on? Is that still on the air right now? So that was a one-time show. That was just a, yeah, so... Got you. Okay, that was a one-time show, so that's going already. Okay. Right, but you can still book me for like Olympic speaking type gigs uh, from the Olympic standpoint. I do come out, talk to kids, I talk to companies, I talk to you know groups, and the same sort of thing for financial planning. If you're not ready for individual, I do group group stuff. Uh, so if you, oh, this is a great time to talk about my New Year's initiative. It's called. Come on, why are you going back? Let's can I say bad words on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, called friends, <laughs> it's called Friends Don't Let Friends Have, I'm going to just say effed up finances. Mm. Mm. Um, and basically that is going to be, like you said, group classes. So it'll be like you and your boys here want to get together and talk about finances or as couples and we get eight to ten people together and we start talking about finances because the idea is that we should be talking more about what's going on in financial lives because y'all best friends you want to be 65 and retire together or 55 and retire together or 45 and retire together mm, i can't make the trip i gotta go to work got to get to work <laughs> we can't have Kay talking about let's go and then the rest of y'all like no, like if these are your friends, you want them to have their stuff together too. So when it's when everybody say let's go, we can all go, right? I know that's right. No, that's right. So are those like would those be like workshops or would those just be like the the, the newest initiative? Would that just be like the one? No, these are gonna be Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're gonna be like I said, eight to ten people. I want to keep them kind of small so you can kind of dig in, yeah. um, and maybe half day or like it, it depends on what the people want. But like I so said, you call me, you say, hey, me and 
four of my friends or four couples want to get together and we want to do the workshop, then we talk through what that looks like for you all. But the, the, the main point of the, the workshop is to get, create transparency around money in organizing your finances. Is because that Dallas area only? Oh, no. Nationwide. Yeah. I love you it right. Yeah. And you say you're kicking this off January 1st? Yes. 2018. Oh, if you want to get on a wait list, just call me, email, right. You know that's right. <laughs> friends don't I'm let friends have effed up finances. Tour. Yeah. She said yeah. worldwide tour. Friends hey, don't Extravaganza. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And you know what? You just hit on something else. You just dropped a gem for other people. Multiple streams of income. Absolutely. But we'll have you back to talk about that. Yes, we'll have we will back. have you back. Yes. Awesome. Moving right along, Jay Dace. Hey, coming your way, man. Lauren, you don't have to get quiet, please. Make oh, fun yeah, of whatever yeah. you want to make fun of. Do whatever you want to do. This, this I like a, how, no, I like how he threw that in there right when I got introduced. Make fun of whoever you want to make fun of. <laughs> Jay Dace, go ahead. <laughs> Hey man, so this is the fun part of the show, man. You get to hang a little bit loose. We didn't got the educational portion out the way. But uh, Jay, we had a real me this last week. Uh, we had an ineligible, in, ineligible, ineligible, ineligible. Wow, winner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you remember? Uh, never mind. I ain't gonna do that to him. But, hey, I did. I did want to say we left out one other thing about Lauren and her bio. She is the first person to be on the thirteenth floor. That's probably faster than Brett Jones. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think there's no probably, but <laughs> <laughs> we're good there. Move right along. So, Jay, <laughs> we had the uh, riddle me this last week, man. We had an ineligible winner last week. Uh, okay. Thank you, Wendy, for you know putting it out there. We appreciate your comment and everything. How appreciate yeah, the engagement. Spouse of you know the CEO and everything. Man. You know, we can't. We can get you a shirt, but we can't get you a shirt for that reason. Right, and we gonna pay for that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that shirt is not gonna be free. <laughs> but Jay, what was the answer, man, for who are all of those who did who missed it? Actually, well, the, the right, riddle. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. And so the riddle was so the riddle was. Uh, all right, so there's 30 cows and 28 chickens. How many did? And the one, oh, the gears turning. You hear that? How again? many? How many did what? That's exactly. There was there were thirty cows and twenty eight chickens. How many did? How many did not? Did not what? Exactly. It's not just me, and she's the mathematician. Let them know what it is. Okay. All right. So the answer is ten. It's a play on words. Thirty. There's thirty cows and twenty eight ate chickens. Chickens. So how many did it? Ten cows did not eat the chickens. And he even got some. Look at that. You have another horrible riddle for us this week. I do. This one. All right. All right. All right. I'm this one. This one. This one's real. This one's real. Real. You got to listen. All right. So the teacher said, "I wish yesterday was tomorrow because today would be Friday." On what day did the teacher say this? Say that again. Yep. <laughs> I said, I wish yesterday was tomorrow because today would be Friday. On what day did the teacher say this? It's, it's not gonna happen right now, man. We gotta yeah, I gotta marinate and let's move along. No, I gotta, I, I, I'm gonna answer before you know the night is over. With. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna think about that one. But yes, uh, that, that's a good one right there. Listen, I know it happened in a leap year. It was Thursday. <laughs> it was Thursday. <laughs> Who knows? Easy. In Deep the first. comments below. Yes, yeah, so leave it us happened a, on a, in the It happened on a leap year in February. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave an answer in your comments. Uh, you can tweet us at 13 Floor, please. You can hit us up on the Instagram, on the Facebook at 13 Floor, please, so we can get that answer and we can get that uh, that, that winner, the shirt out to them ASAP at me. Uh, be fresh be coming your way next man what you got for us this week fresh jam you know I was all ready to um, play that JD and um, Jigga Man money anything but I thought it was inappropriate because we had a financial advisor on you know so I had to switch up <laughs> my game plan we're gonna take it to a little bit uh, it's some some new age jazz that's what I'm gonna call it my dog uh, Kamasi Washington the song is called Truth 
new album is Harmony of Difference. But I thought I'd switch it up on y'all to this week, give you some new flavor, some different flavor. Real chill, real laid back. You know, I found it was it was good for both my workout and for concentration. You know, sitting back doing a little work, good uh, soundtracking. Not a listeners know what gets played elevator on the way up to the I'm about to say that's great elevator music on the way up to the third hey, floor. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta switch it up sometimes, man. I could definitely see myself listening to that, you know. But uh, a nice glass of wine and you know a nice a meal. nice Merlot. I can definitely see myself listening to that while I'm rocking Asher to sleep and I fall asleep. Too. <laughs> Cold blooded man. No, I can I vibe with that like if I'm like Thanks. doing a paper, rocking yeah, Let me study. tell you, you go on a nice jog, take yourself a nice little, you know, slow run. We're not talking about no sprint, you know, more on a marathon tip. Boom, you could be in there, nice mellow pace, That's doing your thing. That's a brisk <laughs> Anyway, like I was, you know, truth. True, Kamasi Washington. You guys go out there, y'all check out that album, Harmony of Difference. You know, don't be like these jerks on the 13th floor. Go ahead and, and use jazz to infuse no, your man. life, your Listen, day, man. and your workout. I'm gonna play it in the office tomorrow. Hater, no, nobody wants to play it in the office. Bam, great office. office. Yeah, that is a good that's, office. That's a great office. Vibe. I mean, I mean, I can't get a Barry B. Fresh mix, so. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> hey, everybody, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Motivators at Fledgeology, where the mantra is Leap, Grow, Fly. We already said it before, but you can catch this uh, podcast on iTunes, Google Play, yep. SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, give us those five stars. Let us know what you think. If you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up at info at fledgeology.com. And right now, I'm going to transition it over to our main man, Coach K. Close us out. Oh, you want to do Arts Corner? Uh, we don't need to grind no gears. I, I gave my tribute to Art at the beginning when I um did the song. That was my tribute to Art, you know. I, but I did uh, have a beef, though. I want to know, I want to know why when you go through the drive-thru, no matter where you go, they always ask you if how many sauces you want. And then they still don't give you the amount of sauces you ask for. I've never had anybody ask how many sauces do you want. I would like all in spiracy. It's been going down for years. I would like three sauces. Oh, I can't give you three. Well, why are you asking me how many I want? Just give me how many you want. <laughs> how many? Give me the maximum you can get. Normally, they just say yes, and then still only give you one. Right. And if you're going to McDonald's, you know, like, at one point, you uh, you had to pay for them extra sauces. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a quarter of yeah. sauce. How did you price this? What do you mean? How is the it? The only drive-thru I really How is it a quarter of <laughs> sauce if the hamburger itself costs a dollar? Like, exactly. I, like I don't understand how that's that equates. I'm getting <laughs> six nuggets for 99 cents, and I got to pay like, a quarter <laughs> for a sauce? That's like instant, instant inflation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it also <laughs> speaks to the quality of that nugget. Hey. But I tell you what. But I tell <laughs> you why what. you shouldn't be eating out. <laughs> She's right. She's right. And I tell you what. It is it is still cheaper in the United States than it is in Mexico. Because in Mexico, we didn't even want sauce. We just wanted to use the bathroom, and they want to charge us five dollars. So five person. pesos. Don't don't lie. Per person. Five pesos. Five pesos. Which <laughs> she is actually said pesos. Yeah, she did say she did say pesos. <laughs> you couldn't just oh. buy a beverage or something like that. Like you had to pay for the that's beverage. that that just spoke a lot. Because now I realize why you and Art were so quick to, or you and <laughs> you and Eric were so quick to turn around. Like what? Are you, what is this lady talking about? It was five pesos. It was not five dollars. So it's like less than a penny. That's that good, uh, you know, you add to the savings, man. Exactly. He's ready to put that penny away. He looked like, 
He said that, Penny, that Penny had a job. And you know what I mean? He's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to take hey, that job away from that Penny. This guy learned today. <laughs> Wrap hey, up quick. Hurry up. That, Wrap up. Hey, that, hey, that was good, though. Like, I'm going to start interviewing my money, trying to see Definitely. what job Definitely. I qualify for. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, man. So to close this out, you know, motivation. I was trying to figure out how we're going to do this this week. Uh, you know, after such a phenomenal topic. But I think um, being that we had Lauren on here, she said something that was so key for everybody. Um, one is finding something that you love to do, but then finding a way to serve others to maximize your exposure and what it is that you love to do. And when you maximize what it is that you do and you serve others, that is the ultimate gratification that you've always heard us say before. It's not about getting that monetary value, but it's getting that person to person value and what you can do and how you can invest in other people and help them to grow. Um, and in the case of Lauren, she's helping people grow their assets, their pockets. Um, and what is it that you can go out there that you can serve and help people to grow, build into other people? That's your challenge this week. Easy, man. I like that. Nice and simple, man. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, appreciate you being here with us again, man. We're going to have you back real, real soon. So, you know, yeah. right over. Can, can I can I have a, a closing quote, too? Or is it, is yeah. It like, hey, oh, it's like right. Yeah. Check this out. Okay. Yeah. He's just Do racist, it. Man, don't just, worry about that guy. Just, you women know. is coming here and take over everything. Hey, you know? clearly they it's happened before. before. So it has well. happened before. Our furniture or anything. Now, <laughs> yeah. you, and you know where it came from? It's that statement that uh, B. Jones made earlier about uh, about the uh, man cave. Like, she was waiting. <laughs> she was waiting. Oh, the line is drawn. I forgot. Not our Lord. We would be honored if we. It's, it's, it's not all that. It's just, you know, something simple, but it's kind of like the motto behind work winning what I, I'm still in my clients. So my self-worth and my net worth are not related. That's point number one. Mm. And you don't have to have money to have value. You have to have values to have value. Mm-hmm. 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 Three. Not not now you just trying to take over. <laughs> I mean, it's really like three sentences that's kind of like I told you math is my thing, not really grammar. So I don't know, but the paragraph, a quote, a sentence, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> you can <laughs> Hey, they they are affirmations. Yes, affirmations. Exactly. You can show your self worth by being responsible with what you have been given. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got for it. Thought, for thought. Yes. Hey, you need to trademark those because Jay Dace. He's writing them down. You see him every time you say something. Oh, he he wouldn't know. They were. I'm, not, I'm gonna give. Can I'm gonna say it again, credit, but slower. Definitely. You gonna see that on Facebook this week? I promise. <laughs> That's going up. That's going uh, up. I promise. It will be, somebody will be go on ahead. Put a. Uh, we will actually police report out on that. We will actually have that on the 13th floor page. So, Definitely. Lauren, we have your permission. We're going to give you credit. Yes. We have your permission. Good. Give, me, give me credit, though, right? We will give you credit. Absolutely. No, go ahead. Put a police report on that, man. That's gone. Hey, peace. Uh, Moving <laughs> right along. Hey, man. I appreciate y'all, man. It was a great show. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening here with us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best. Oh, hold on. Hold on, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. How you going to do that? How you do that? Do that. You said it. I'm the CEO. I mean, why not? Oh, right, right. <laughs> what you got, man? What you got? What kind of dog do you have? I saw I saw the side of the head popping the picture at one point. Oh, I didn't see, see it. it. I saw it. It's a great thing. I was trying to keep him out. I was like, if we're gonna be on, there he is. He's no, let him on. Crazy right now. Y'all too. Oh, he, he took off. Oh, oh he's he, he, no careful. Well, he has his like, ball in his mouth. That's why. <laughs> And he's going all the way ham right now playing. <laughs> Big boy. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, we saw his great tail. Right. Come here. Come. Come. Come here. Of course, now there's a ball in his mouth. So he's running. I'm having a good time. I'll do that TV thing. Hey, Kay, we good to close this thing out, man? Oh, there he is, man. Oh, oh man. Wow. That's beautiful. Wow. 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 145 pounds of dog. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you wow. gotta have good financial planning to be able to feed that beast. Yeah. 
He has a budget line, doesn't he? $41.11 every two weeks. And now, and now I see why you just can't randomly switch up the food. I know that's right. But you should just let him in the kitchen. They just cook whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Get the steaks in the back, Chief. Do your thing. Yeah. He knows where they are. <laughs> you give him some raw chicken. He'll be pit bull ready. Stop it. All right, man. Hey, man. What you doing, man? Let's close out the show. Oh, we can close out the show. We good now? Thank you all oh, for listening here with us on the 13th floor. It's been a pleasure, Lauren. But uh, yeah, we out of here. 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. College boys. Oh, now is your time to flash. flash.